Hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation Podcast. My name is Eddie V. Hill and I am your host. This is episode number 85. Whoop, whoop. And joining me today is Sylvia Ray. Hello, Eddie. Hello. Hello again. Sylvia is a director. Yes. <laughs> a, I'm a director. Writer. I'm a writer. Okay. And you have uh I guess it'd be good to rattle off a little bit of what uh, what yeah, I do? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like most filmmakers, I do wear multiple hats. Um, I primarily identify as a director. <laughs> um, that's my main jam. That's my passion is directing. I write, I produce, I edit, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, dabble in color and other things, but mostly I'm a writer-director. Yeah. And if I recall correctly, the one department in filmmaking you do avoid entirely, completely, if I'm correct, is sound? Yeah, sound... I mean, I tried to learn about it a little bit. It really goes over my head. It really does. Um, and so I avoid that. And I also avoid talking to SAG <laughs> right. as a producer. You hand that off to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm hearing it's getting easier now. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't do that either. Oh, no, lucky. Please, please. Anybody else take care of that besides yeah, me. Yeah. But I mean, I really appreciate people who do that for my film so yes thank you <laughs> okay uh, I, i'm trying to figure out i was thinking about where to start because um you've been on the show before episode 59 everybody it was we had a kind of like a mini mini panel of um through the blinds directors yeah. mm -hmm. which is the in anthology film yep um anthology feature comprised of the yeah, you know how to describe this better. Than it was, yeah, yeah, it's so it's seven directors um, that each are directing a segment within a feature film. Um, and it takes place in one home through the decades from the 50s to the 2000s before, you know, pre-pandemic. Um, and so we see, we follow this house and the high turnover of the different families that go through. Um, and we discuss or the stories involve uh, women's relationship to their home and their fears um, and what their home means to them. So, yeah, it's it's we've been working on that for a while and it's trucking along. So, OK, yeah, maybe and if we could, I don't know, if, just to get that out of the way initially sure, here. Yeah. Any teases on what the latest is or how that's going or. Right. Yeah. So we are heavily in the casting phase um, and investor phase. So I have a, um, yeah, we're, we, we've hired a casting director and he's going out to some of our talent that we'd like to attach um, that will hopefully bring in some investors. Yes. Okay, great. So I guess just to clarify for the viewers, last time we did speak, on the podcast, it was during the crowdfunding phase, mm -hmm. and that was to get the seed money to be able to do this sort of prep work. Exactly, yeah. And then the idea is utilize casting director, get cast, that'll, and that's kind of like the whole the whole chicken or the egg scenario. It's like, yeah. does the casting attract the funding? Does the funding attract the cast? And mm -hmm. you're all just trying to... It's like, what comes first is like the name producer, the name director, the name, you know, the, yeah. or the name actor. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, we had a very successful crowdfunding campaign, partially thanks to you. Like we, we sat and we talked with you. Um, and and we've used that money to do some um, location scouts um, and to really narrow down what our budget would be. 
overall, which has been extremely helpful. And then, um, and then going out to casting directors and finding that, um, finding who would be appropriate for our project. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I'd be, yeah. I, I know I'd be curious to see the, see the, see all that play out. Cause it's, I don't know. My, my, my producer brain, it sounds like it could be anywhere from, I don't know what, I don't, I'm not going to say numbers out loud, but it seems like <laughs> the, the range, the budget range seems like it's so oh God. varying that I'm like, I don't, yeah, it seems pretty Yeah. Intense. I mean, just like with any project too, like you can make something for the small amount or you can, it like these films can really range. <laughs> and um, yeah, I feel like we got to a number where we're, we're comfortable as first feature directors and, um, and then with the cast that we want to have and also the production design that takes place with like going through the decades. <laughs> um, but luckily it's all in one home is contained. Um, there's a lot that makes it more practical to make. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. So let's talk about you as a director, aside from the anthology collab project, mm -hmm. I guess I, because I know we've been, keeping in touch a little bit about like what's the what's the name of the fellowship i've got it right here is it our late father yeah, is the most recent father. that's the most mm -hmm. recent project yeah and, yeah okay yeah so i know i know you had vocalized that there are some lessons learned through that process oh, and, always and, no for yeah sure, there's always sure. a lesson learned i think with each project and so our late father is a pilot for a web series that was brought to me by a writer, creator, um, and uh, actor. And um, so the, f the project that I did prior to that was called Preggers, and that was similar. It was a writer, actor, um, who was bringing me on board to collaborate. And luckily with both projects, the writer ha has been very flexible with working with me in order to get it to a place where I felt confident um, in shooting it and putting it out into the world with my name on it <laughs> as a director. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then, you know, hope, hope that it will have a successful festival run. Um, cause you know, as a filmmaker, I watch a lot of shorts and I've seen the things that work and what don't, or, um, things that are, have a harder time getting into festival versus not. And so I talk with my writer creators and like, I ask them, or I tell them my concerns and, and it's like a little dance. Like we, we work with each other to get it to a place where we both feel confident, where they don't feel like their words are all like deleted. And I feel like that I feel proud to put my name on it as a director. So that's been really cool to have that learning process with different, um, creators, um, to direct their work. You know, it's, it's been a really interesting journey for sure. Um, and so now Our Late Father is almost at the end of post. I'm working with an illustrator, an animator, <laughs> and um, trying to get a nice title sequence together. Um, and then um, just wrapping up with music and uh, the final mix. And then it'll go out to vessels. Okay. Yeah. An illustrator, an animator <laughs> to do a title sequence. I know. Yeah. Is this Was this you or was this... This Pro was me. I mean, I mean, it was a combination of us all just thinking like, how can we make this as strong as we can? Like we, you know, we want to make an impact and, and for the big opening, um, we were feeling like something was missing. 
Um, and it being a series, uh, we thought it would be a good idea to do um, a title sequence or something that kind of like tells the audience the tone of the film, like kind of a little bit of the story um, that they're about to see. And then, um, and with that, principal photography being done and not having any more money, <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, we weren't going to go out and shoot anything. And so um, just, a, it was a matter of pooling my resources and seeing how I can get um, something done for a very little amount, to be honest. Um, and luckily I have a really good friend's boyfriend that's an illustrator. <laughs> Thank you, friend's boyfriend. Yeah, and my husband knows how to like animate things um, and build out things. And so together we're working on making that. And it's pretty fun. Yeah, we have a nice music cue going on in there. And it, it really does. And I ended up putting it at the end of the first scene. Um, so it kind of breaks up these two different scenes that really... I think um, works works really well. Yeah, so it's almost like because okay, so this is like a almost like a pilot episode of a yeah. series. Yeah. And have you done? Have you worked through this sort of animation before? Or yeah, so on my project called In Limbo, um, we did an animated sequence that was in the towards the tail end of the the pilot episode of the film, and um, it didn't have an animated title sequence necessarily it just had in limbo and it was animated and then it went away um and then later my characters talk about um purgatory and hell and and like talk about mountains of like dead people and stuff like that okay, right. yeah uh -huh. and so i'm like how am i gonna visually tell that story um and so we 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 opted with the animated sequence and it's funny because it cuts in between where the characters are like asking dumb questions. Um, and then it goes back to the animated oh, sequence. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's like really intense chopped with, so is the, yeah, the, the, I could, yeah, it's going from intense to joke to intense yeah, to yeah. kind of. I mean, the, an the animation was also like a little Beavis and Butthead-y. Kind of goofy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. I loved working. Well, I, I have enjoyed working with um, animation, um, but it's not my like goal to work in as a director in animation, but it's been fun to incorporate in my films. Yeah, it seems similar to me, like VFX work almost, where yeah. it's like, I don't know, I haven't dabbled in animation before, so I guess that's why I'm curious, but like same with like VFX with, um, like I know for... My sophomore effort feature film, we had one sequence. And when it came to post-production, when we're shopping for VFX artists and they're asking me questions, it's uh, like, so what do you want uh, on the thing? And I'm like, yeah. wait, what are our options? And it's like, well, it's visual effects. You can kind of do it all. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, I have to direct. <laughs> Give direction. No, yeah, it is it is really like... Um, fun i think because there are there are so many options and tools i think that we can use to tell our stories um and when you're doing like a sci-fi thing like it's nice to know like you can bring on a visual effects artist and hopefully like um i worked with a visual effects artist on preggers and on um my human experience which my human experience was uh sci-fi comedy and so 
we just it just to sell the world it just needs to we need to see something that is a little bit extra outside of like the grounded world yeah because um, i mean i got to see that one oh, that's yeah? the one yeah yeah was, yeah well oh, that's what we saw in new york yeah, yeah i went to new york city and at the same it just happenstance that you were there at a film festival <laughs> and I was randomly like, in new york i was like all right I'll, let me swing by so i got to watch it yeah there's like a moment they're like aliens, right? Are mm-hmm. they from the future? Aliens? They're aliens, yeah. Yeah, they they land and they have like that classic wrist. Uh-huh. And that was like one of the moments where she's talking. She gets she's getting, receiving a message from like her boss or something. Yeah, uh-huh. And then she's looking at the thing and it has... And I think, I don't know, maybe I was going through your Instagram. Is there like a clip on there or something? I found it somehow. I, I yeah. was re-looking at it recently. He ha- she So, yeah, she has this like... Um, mannequin character that's teaching her how to um say hello in a in human and uh and so she gets like hello mixed up with uh flipping the bird classic yeah and so but you see this little character coming out of her watch that's like like in her face and she's like okay yeah i got it i got it i'm an expert at speaking human (laughs) yeah there's some fun moments in that one yeah i guess i was thinking that was strictly the visual effects side where it was like one angle it was like you had to get the close-up of the wrist with a thing coming out. And yeah. then you have the reverse where she's still talking at it. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is, yeah. It was planned out. Like, uh, I mean, that was, I think that was, it wasn't the first time I used visual effects, but it, I know like it can go, it can be so much more expensive and more difficult if you don't plan. Um, and so I worked with the, visual effects artist to see how I could shoot it most efficiently for him to do um, because we didn't have the funds to like go frame by frame on a moving shot or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but anywho, yeah, it, it's been fun. It's been fun to learn about it and to learn about animation too. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. I guess my mind is thinking about like the topic I want to get to here just briefly and just to get this out of the way, if I may. Is uh, let's see. I'm trying to figure out um, what I want to lead in this with. Okay. Um, and you don't edit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how? Okay, go ahead. No, no, it just goes. It just goes. It happens. All right. So the thought is, I, I do edit. Oh, okay. Good. But not the podcast. <laughs> oh, I see. Interesting. Okay. Um. Okay. Uh, directing, pursuing yes. the director path. Yes. I had a, you know, last time we chatted on the podcast, there was a question about, like, finding your voice, and Mm -hmm. we didn't really talk too much about the breaking through as a director, Mm. and the, and the, the, the steps that we take, and it's like, all right, let's start with making sure and then all right well let me get a bigger budget sure let me play with the effects let me play with this and you kind of build up the skill set and like you've dabbled in plenty of other departments too like you worked in Mm post-production so you have the forethought of like what you're getting now how it's going to cut later very that's very helpful as a director i'll say Mm -hmm. um so uh i guess clarifying maybe what the current goal is for you and then I don't know if you want, I, I know we're talking about like how you're feeling today specifically. I don't know if that <laughs> plays into all of that, but yeah, I was, I was saying to you earlier, like I said, um, I'm normally an optimistic filmmaker. Um, 
and I, I'm in an indifferent filmmaker right now. I wouldn't say I'm being negative pessimistic. these days. Yeah, I'm, I'm not pessimistic right now. I'm, I'm just like, hmm, just like doing the daily, working, um, and just taking putting one foot in front of the other at the moment. But yeah, no, right now my focus is finding my voice and my writing. So I, I'm writing a feature, I'm rewriting my feature film called The Middle. Um, as I am pulling my pulling two projects, maybe more than two projects up a big mountain of getting greenlit. Like my first feature film, which I'm attached to, is called I Blame Juliet. Um, and I've been working on I Blame Juliet for several years um, in, you know, pre-2020. And uh, it's gone through several series of producers um, and at the moment, we are partially financed, which I'm happily, <laughs> I'm happy to say, but we're not fully financed yet. And so it's a matter of finding more investors, attaching cast. And that one is a feature? Yeah, I Blame Julia is a feature film set in New Mexico. It's going to be shot in a really cool theater called the Rio Grande Theater in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Um, it's a lo ultra low budget feature um, rom-com with some magical elements in it. Yeah, I didn't write it, but I really fell in love with it, the script, and I could relate to it because it involves a girl who overcomes her feelings of um, unworthiness and feelings of stage fright, which I feel a little bit right now, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm, <laughs> she overcomes these um, to take the spotlight and um, own her voice. Oh, that's the overall theme of it. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, it involves the stage play, you know, Shakespeare Romeo, Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, and um, the spirit of Juliet makes an appearance here and there, which is really fun. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And so that one is just I'm trying to get it off the ground. Yeah. Get it made. I have a lot of aspects ready, like where we're going to shoot, how we're going to shoot it. Um, I have my cinematographer, Jesse Wine, on board. Um and it's just a matter of getting the money and learning all about that. And it's kind of this, like at the same stage as the anthology that we were talking about earlier. So. Okay. Yeah. So you're tugging that one. You're tugging some other ones too. You kind of mentioned. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, um, our late father, let's talk about the broad picture, sure. right? Yeah. Let's hear it. So our late father going to be done in post, um, going to go into the festival circuit uh i'm writing and then the anthology we're looking for investors i blame juliet we're looking for investors and cast for both um i'm also um attached to a feature called the bride of bishop which is a really cool project set um set in los angeles um in the chavez ravine where the dodger stadium is and it's um kind of like a historical look at what happened with the people um, who were living in that area prior to the Dodger Stadium being built. Um, and there's a lot into it uh, that goes into it. And But overall, it, it centers around a married couple and their connection to the place. Um, but yeah, I'm attached to that as a director. We have a really cool team of producers and uh, cinematographer Maricela Mendez and basically that one right now is in development stage 
And so the writer is churning out drafts. She's so young and like energetic and she has been churning out drafts and we are providing notes to get it as strong as possible. Um, so that's another project. So it's just right now, I guess overall, you could see the broad picture of me as a director is focusing on getting features off the ground. Yeah. Taking that step for, away from shorts and short form, form content into features. And then regarding those, those, that's three features you mentioned. There's the New Mexico one, there's the Los Angeles one, then there's the anthology one. Mm -hmm. Those are all different pockets of teams, right? Like yeah. you mentioned two different DPs. Mm -hmm. You mentioned, I'm assuming the producing partners are also different They're for all that? They're all different. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, and uh, I don't know how that ended up being happening. Um, I like collaborating uh, with people. Um, Bride of Bishop, I... Bride of Bishop, um, I got on through Marco Parra, who was in Preggers, who's the creator of Preggers. Um, and so that I like working with him. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, so they're all three different collaboration partners. Like, and so it's been really interesting because whatever I learn in this group of people, I apply it to here and then vice versa. Yeah. That seems, I mean, that seems to me. Very cool. And it's been cool. Yeah, I do like, you know, everybody has their strengths, you know, and so I learn from each project for sure. Yeah, because I mean, I like the way that you laid it out because it's very much how I see myself too. It's like, all right, let's put it all out there ready because when people ask me too, it's like, what are you, what's like, what are you trying to do? And I'm like, like, all right, oh let, me put it, let me put it all out on the table here. Uh -huh. I'm writing a feature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm writing the feature. I've got the two projects in post. I've got Sojourn, mm -hmm. the short film, the 50K short film. Yeah. That's how I describe it. That's the first time I got like a decent budget for a short. Yeah. And then there's the feature that we did super ultra low in New Mexico the year before that. And those mm. both completed at the same time. So they're both in the fest push right now. Yeah. So two in essentially finished. And then it's, yeah, it's like, oh, we have all these other scripts that we're sitting on too. And it's like, how do we, which one do I want to be pushing? What am I making now? Like I made, I don't know, like I shot like yeah. a little baby one day short this last how weekend. <laughs> Just, I called it like they're more therapy, more san a sanity piece is what yeah. I was calling it. Now, let me ask you the same question. Do you have the same team on each of those projects? Um, so between the short and the feature, it was different producing team. Mm -hmm. And then moving forward, I'm trying to do the similar thing. It's like, all right, I liked working with you. Mm -hmm. What can we work on next together? Trying to keep that train moving. Yeah. Um, because when you find something good, you know. Yeah, when you have a good working relationship, yeah, you don't want to break it for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. But I do like the idea of having the different pockets because all if it feels like the having all the eggs in one basket is a little risky. It's like, all right, if if one person's slacking off, then the whole the whole train slows right. down. Versus That's true. Like, yeah. All right, all right. If these people are slacking, at least these people are moving. It's a little. Yeah. I kind of like the sound of that. I should branch out. <laughs> yeah. And that's, the, that's the thing too, is, um, I like having multiple projects going too, because you never know really which one's going to go first. <laughs> and you're right. Like if, if one is st at a full stop, at least there's a couple that are like going, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's that. And I know I just, on the podcast a couple weeks ago, um, I had this producer 
on named Lisa Cernick. And she is making the transition from she her her journey was she did the agent route first like she was mm-hmm. training to be an agent at like I don't know one of the big agencies I forget what it's called mm-hmm. and then she transitioned into like being a, a producer's assistant into executive producing a big multi million oh, dollar wow. feature mm-hmm. into producing smaller projects into now being trying a lead to producer now trying to be a director oh wow and producer so she's still leaning into the producer hat a lot. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I've got 10 projects currently that she's trying to get off the ground. Wow. So even when you have, as us as directors, when we're working with our producer team on mm-hmm. this one feature, they're probably they working. They have a slate of yeah, films, got, for sure. So. Yeah, that's uh, my meeting that I had today. <laughs> yeah, let's hear about <laughs> you it. You know, having, it, it was a little bit, like, disheartening. But, um, you know, in all of the departments, like, actors, directors, writers, producers like you know it's really like basically what that person was saying is like you need to have like a star one of these things (laughs) like a producer that has um clout a director that has clout an actor that has clout um but the thing about finding producers that to work with it's so much like dating it's hard to kind of like know what that person can bring unless you work with them too because people can say a lot of stuff mm-hmm, this is los angeles <laughs> yeah hollywood um and then so it does feel like a little bit for me like testing the waters with different producing teams um although you know i feel like i have been lucky um with my collaborations but have i met my like ride or die producer that's gonna go with me to the end i'm not sure you know um, I feel you there. Yeah, you there. and there's also when you meet producers that you vibe with, they have ten projects that they are like throwing everything at, you know. So it's it's hard to like me too, you know, and jump in on that train also. So yeah, it's been an interesting learning experience for sure. Learning more about um, the feature development process and getting features greenlit and off the ground, um, and working with different producers and. Yeah, the different um, kinds of producers. Yeah, so I guess, I don't know. I don't know how much we want to dig into your actual call. but My call? <laughs> but yeah. I'm thinking, Oh, my call, my phone call. Yeah, the phone call you had. Yeah. Because it's more like it sounds like you're trying to find somebody to add to a team where you're hoping somebody was going to jump on a project or somebody, like I was trying to gauge, mm. like is it somebody that's already on a project and they had bad news or? No. Yeah. Okay. So this is a, uh, someone that I was just wanting to catch up with um, that may or may not be able to help me um, that I just wanted to see what they were up to. And if there is something there where maybe he has investors, maybe he has like a connection to a producer that's looking for a project or whatever, you know? So it's just one of those things where we were just catching up and getting to know each other. And then, so I, I told him about my projects. Um, and yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, he told me straight, like, you need this, you need that. It's not going to work out if you do this. Uh, and which is, I, I do yeah, appreciate, yeah. but it's not like, it's, it's different from like, you should try this. Let me connect you with this person. It was more so like, <laughs> it was more so like you have a hard time coming, you know, kind of call. 
uh-huh. uh, which is not really nice to hear all the time or swallow. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, he was telling me the truth. So I just have to take that advice and... I mean, I don't know. That's that's the easy advice to give, really. <laughs> it's like, yeah. hey, uh, my job would be a lot easier if you got Elijah Wood on board. It's <laughs> like, oh, you don't say. Thank you for the... Uh, yeah, it's like, that's... you should submit to the blacklist. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that kind of advice always comes through. Like, attracting... Yeah, your... like, get into one of the programs, like Sundance program. Yeah, let me... Okay. Yeah, I'll submit to those. Thanks. <laughs> have you, yeah no because i know because i've had similar calls recently too with uh catch-ups with previous collaborators in the similar vein where it's like all right it's like this person is kind of like i feel like there's potential on there's similar what you just said is like mm-hmm. there may be connection to other money yeah through yeah. this connection and it's like all right let's see let me throw out my stuff, see if, um, let me just get a vibe. And it's like, oh, you're not really too interested in st- actually st- stretching your connections for yeah. what we got going on. Yeah. Or, or, or it's like, oh, we, I, it was great working with you on this thing. Let's see how, how, uh, the future looks. And then they explain their plans and mm-hmm. I explain my plans and they're not the same at all. I'm like, yeah. oh, shucks, man, I thought, I thought, I thought we had something here and we're yeah. not on the same page whatsoever. It's also one of those things too, where, where yeah, if if they're not willing to stretch their connections, which is, which is fine. Like if there is someone else that comes in mind that I should just meet, you know, then you know it's nice to like offer, like that person up. But it's also, you don't want to ask for too much, you know. It's it's a weird little delicate like dance. Yeah, because the worry always... is we're we're worried about losing the connection we already have, right? Yeah, you don't want to like like use somebody just because they know xyz or whatever um it's like let's connect on a personal level and then if it vibes if you're interested in my projects or if you're interested in me as a filmmaker then maybe we can help each other out somehow um but yeah it's you get told in meetings it's all about your connections and you go "Mm -hmm," like i'm connecting with you (laughs) This is what we're doing right now. I, I, I know it's about connections. This is Hollywood. So, um, you know, that's what we're doing. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So I feel like I've been in a similar, I don't know. We're not, I'm not. Yeah, go ahead. I wrapped on this feature in Lake Tahoe recently. Mm-hmm. I was the AD on that one. Right. So, as we know on the show, because everybody knows what an AD does, maybe, probably not. I but think at uh, episode 85, maybe. <laughs> <should know. laughs> maybe. Um, but yeah, I was running the schedule and it's very not, it's not a creative position. It's mm-hmm. a, let's get the day done position. Yeah. So, so, essentially... I was craving to make something, but now, but it also really drained me. Mm -hmm. It's very taxing. I think I counted a lot more gray hairs on my beard after that, after that gig. Yeah. Um, Very useful role. Very useful role. (laughs) 100% needed role. Needed. You, You can't make a movie without somebody in that position doing a good job. Yeah. Um, So how do you feel like you did? I thought I did great. Oh, good. That's yeah, good. Yeah, I thought I did great. Well, I did good. And I thought I maintained, because I'm a, I'm a chill vibe guy. Mm-hmm. 
so I maintain my chillness even in stressful situations, but yeah. I still like a lot of it's internalized and it's not, it's more like not, I don't project it out on the team and stuff. I don't go right. yelling and all that, yeah, but no. I'm sure there's a lot of processing and. Oh, our brains do a lot. Yeah. It's, very, <laughs> it's still stressful. Yeah. I so I guess after I wrapped Christmas time hit and then I was like, I just need to recover and yeah. I just need to chill. And we're starting, we're beginning of February right now. And I've been procrastinating all the way through January, essentially. I'm like, I'm just, I just, I don't have it right now. That's okay. Yeah. And I'm like, I need to, I need, there's, uh, yeah. It's yeah. A, it's, um, it's a process. I feel like it's all part of the process. And the holidays always hits us, like, you know, heavily. And you were on set for 22 of those days. So, yeah, I feel like. Yeah, after every project, we get a little bit like, you know, and then we need a little bit of time to recoup and get that like going, the juices going. But yeah, and I know, I know it's hard. It feels like it's harder to get the juices going when it is stuff that we're talking about. Mm. If it's like, all right, well, I need to, I need to find investors (laughs) and you're right, do my pitch decks and get meetings set. Like that's not, that's not, that's not something I'm practiced in or know well. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of work just to figure out how to even like do a, it. Yeah. How do you know? Yeah. Stuff. I mean, it's definitely a learning process and then you do it and then you talk to a producer and they're like, you're not doing it right <laughs> anyway. Um, but it's, it is, it's essential. Like as filmmakers, I feel like for us to learn this part of the process, otherwise we're going to be running in circles, you know, like going into debt (laughs) yeah yeah so i feel like because this is essential and because it's my passion that i just have to learn how to do it or meet a bunch of people until Mm -hmm. i meet the right person or just get it done and if i can't get a 400k rom-com off the ground like how am i going to make the other things that i have four million dollar rom-com off the ground later yeah so what i wanted to i I'll probably edit this out. This is a whole new clip. It's fine. I can turn it around. I want to... This is kind of... What I would like to switch gears and jump into, if sure. I may... Yes, you may. Is talking a little bit more about the editing background. Because mm-hmm. I haven't had... Uh, I don't think I've had any straight up editors and this so you're like the closest that you're the oh, closest yeah cool <laughs> so i'd be curious to hear because you know i script supervise a lot yeah that's right and as a script supervisor my notes go to editors mm-hmm. and that's kind of like my whole job is mm-hmm. streamlining com- bridging bridging the communication line between director yeah what's 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 happening on set and trying to communicate best i can to the post-production team Mm -hmm. and also when the director goes over to that chair to having this uh, this document that kind of help us to three jog memories and all that kind of stuff um we're talking a little bit off camera on the kind of stuff that you've been editing lately Mm -hmm. um but just want to clarify do you do you receive? Do you work with script supervisor notes a lot? Or can I throw questions at you regarding yeah. that? Okay. Yeah, I do get scripty notes, uh, and they are helpful. 
Um, they are not helpful. You don't think they're helpful? No, no, I'm just kidding. I just wanted you to say that. (laughs) No, they, I, they are sometimes helpful. I think it depends, like, you know, not, not everything the script supervisor gives me is something that I use, but I do look at the circle takes. I do look at the notes if it had to been like, if blocking was messed up or a prop was messed up. Um, but yeah, they can be very helpful. Okay. So I guess the question is, what are helpful notes? Hmm. What are helpful notes <laughs> and what are, and then when, is there like a, like when you receive them and you're kind of like, oh, this is not, this is like, what is that? Un- unhelpful versus helpful, I guess is the yeah. question. Um, circle takes, one, so I don't have to watch all the takes. <laughs> yeah. And then number two, like, um, you know, if it's a no-go shot or if it's um, something where it's not usable, like uh, prop was in the wrong hand. I'm going to pop. You have a little, uh, oh. there you go. You had a little doggy hair oh. on your nose. All okay. right, continue, continue. <laughs> um, like when something doesn't have, like when the prop is in the wrong hand, so the shot is not usable, for example. Um, just basically when notes are streamlining the work that I have to do as an editor to dig through all the footage. Like if it's like, don't dig through this, dig through this. That's what's helpful to me um, initially. Now that doesn't mean as an editor, I don't go look at the shots afterwards, but when I create my first assembly, it really streamlines that process, uh, which is the hardest part of, I think the process is getting that, or at least most time consuming part is to get that first assembly done. Um, But later on down the line, if a take isn't working or if something's not working, I do look at the rest of the footage to try to piece together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so just clear. So circle takes. That's. I mean, that's circle takes is super easy. Yeah. That's. that's, that's <laughs> and I mean, the, you do a lot more as script supervisors. <laughs> I know, um, but that's what I look at. Yeah, circle takes for <laughs> sure because uh-huh. you're trying to get the assembly done. You're like, all right, start with these, and it's it's normally the last ones anyway. It's like yeah, but it's I'm sure normally the last ones. <laughs> but yeah, clarifying. Because I know I just came off of. Um, a, what I, I don't recall doing many notes on this latest project I just came off of, but mm-hmm. was, I did a one-day thing. I think what I like, okay, I'm just making sure I'm doing my job right over here. But no, <laughs> That's I, okay. <laughs> no, I mean, we can chat more about, like, uh, as an editor, um, working with directors has helped me really learn about the way I direct too and like some of because everybody is different I feel like there's no like competing we're better they're better better or whatever it's more of like um for me as an editor finding what I like about what how people directed things and then just applying that to what I do yeah yeah so it's it is nice um because I enjoy editing now I don't know if I enjoyed it in the beginning, but I enjoy it now. <laughs> yeah, and how and how long? How when did you when did you jump into editing? Um, I've been doing it like five years, five to seven years, something like that. Okay, and when remember. did you start enjoying it? Um, I would say the last couple years. Okay. Yeah, it That's took me a while. <laughs> is it because like the projects you were receiving started getting better too, or like the people that were involved in them uh, were the more enjoyable? Break, like the breakthrough of like feeling confident in software and like feeling confident in my skill skills and 
and then um, the collaborators that were coming to me. Yeah. There's a yeah. combination of it all. Yeah, it helps. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, how do you... Because the thing about being an editor mm-hmm. is you're not seeing the process on set. Mm, but I can sometimes hear it and see it. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. How do, are you talking about like when they're when they roll through and yeah. do give all their notes? Yeah. During the, <laughs> yeah. Directors, when they come over and like they don't want to hear their voices they're like just like go to the clip um yeah no i can i can hear director notes to actors sometimes between takes or between um when they keep rolling and they're doing like a sequence or whatever or yeah. series yeah yeah why you get nervous about that no 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 <laughs> no as a script supervisor it's like a pet peeve of mine oh. when directors just roll yeah and i'm like the editor this is just a. It's killing the storage. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if what we're shooting at six K or four K or whatever the thing may be. It's because directors often think they're being more efficient with their time. I think is why they roll through mm-hmm. and just it's like action. You do the thing. It's like all right, don't cut, don't cut, don't cut. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just give some quick notes. Yeah. Just keep rolling. I just the note is like a one line note, and then it takes two minutes. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> they, mean. They, I think it can be it can be faster to do it's a not. series. Just cut. <laughs> just cut. It can I do be series if, sometimes. if it's just a look, if it's just like a glance yeah. at it's like I just need you to pick up the cup, take a sip and go Ugh. Yeah. It's like all right, just do it once, all right, yeah, now go sense. again. Mm-hmm. But if it's a two minute scene just say, yeah. so just say cut. I guess it depends. Yeah. It definitely depends. But those little moments, I do sequences a lot, or series a no, lot. No, that's great. That's yeah. great. Because <laughs> it makes it hard for me to do my job, too, because mm-hmm. the notes, it's hard. It's easier to separate take one from take two to take three mm-hmm. versus, like, take one. Uh, the fourth time they did the, fourth, the thing, yeah. and this, uh, if they keep going, the notes yeah. are just, like, a big, ch- it's, like, it doesn't, it's just not helpful. <laughs> I'm trying to be helpful to you as the editor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh, how do you describe a pet? I don't know. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's so janky. Yeah, I um, guess I could see how that could be frustrating. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about the ad- or whatever. It's frustrating for everybody, I think. Yeah. Um, but anywho, yeah, I like <laughs> editing. Um, and editing has, I feel like it also gives me a sense of patience while I am focusing on my directing career, you know, editing brings in money um you know i get have my clients that i work with and they're getting happy they're happy with my work and so it's fulfilling it makes me happy and so i get a sense that i don't get that like um daunting dread feeling um from solely relying like all of my fulfillment from directing because i think that could be soul-sucking yeah (laughs) or even vice versa yeah or even vice versa yeah it's nice to have (laughs) <laughs> it's nice to have a couple things going, a couple hamsters in a wheel. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say mm-hmm. that about script supervising as if I was just script supervising, mm. I'd probably be dying. Yeah. Because. Yeah, I feel that way about editing too. Because I'm like, in the indie world at least, I'm working with first-time directors all the time mm. and I'm over here thinking. Judging that, them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm like. Sometimes, you know, it takes experience. You have to get multiple reps and multiple things. You don't know. 
it's hard to know mm-hmm. even who you are the first time you're on set as a director. You're just learning all this stuff, mm-hmm. and you're overwhelmed by everything. You don't. What does this person do? And how are you helping me? And mm-hmm. how do I give direction? And what do I want? And what's the shot? And sometimes it's sim. It's things. Things get simpler on set sometimes as you get more experience. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Either way, it's having the script supervise and then make stuff on the side or mm-hmm. push this and do that and edit a thing. I do think that it's it's a good thing to have multiple hats, multiple things that you can do. I mean, actors get told this all the time, you know, Let's hear it. like that you, you know, I've heard friends who have go to SAG meetings and things like that. And they're just talking about how, they can't just rely on the income of acting anymore because it's hard. Like with all the streamers and the deals that are going on, they don't get paid as much as they used to. And so they can't make a living. And so they have to write or they have to do this. They have to do X, Y, Z. They direct, you know? Um, And so I think, you know, with some of the, some of the main or some of the not main roles, but the roles like director, actor, writer, you know, I feel like people really, have a uh, a better time I guess diversifying their skill set um or at least for me personally it has been beneficial for my mindset and um, my collaborations um and just fulfillment overall yeah I was also thinking you kind of said it but also didn't I was thinking like mental health. And mental health, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah, you kind of said it, but I just wanted to. It, yeah, well, money is a big deal. You know, like when you're not making money direct di- doing stressful. what you want to love, like directing, you know, it's nice to have another wheel going where you do get that income. So, yeah. What other questions you have for me, Eddie? Next question. <laughs> Next question. I want to hear about how you approach as a director because like let's say you we talk about you talked about preggers film preggers yeah i that project finished end of 2021 and kind of had its run through 2022 is that correct or Um, yeah like ended i think i finished it in january 2022 um i think i think i was submitting prior to that i was just waiting on a final mix from the sound grant that I got and that they were just like, they're not, they were just taking their time with me because I didn't pay them. I got a grant. So, uh, so anyway, I would say Prager's finished mostly in January of 2022. And then we had our festival run the the whole rest of the year. Yeah. Cause I mean, even just looking at your Instagram per se, like Mm. the festivals, it seems like it's doing well on the festival circuit. Congratulations, Thank very you. cool. Mm-hmm. But like you get to go to these in person festivals and you're sitting doing like the Q and A's at the end of the screenings and stuff. Mm-hmm. How is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. I mean, I feel like I feel like festivals are hit or miss, you know, and um for the most part I go in just wanting to or hoping that it'll be a fun time that I'll meet cool people. And um and that it will be at least have like um, an audience, you know, because it's uh, that's one of the things with festivals. Like sometimes the audience might not be there, and sometimes it's packed. So um, it's been great either way having Preggers get into multiple festivals, and then um, 
yeah so i think preggers was with festivals my goal was to get into like the next step festival yeah just like at least with every project like i don't need to be a sundance like audience winner or whatever at this moment like i would love that but it'd be nice but it yeah. would be very nice but you know i want my projects to at least like uh, push the envelope a little bit um of where my career is at the at that point in time so i feel like preggers did that and i'm really proud of it and um it was a fun overall process um, with so, the people so I was working with. It's not with. out publicly yet, right? It's not out publicly, but it's going, it's just, uh, we just licensed it to Avenida TV. So uh, Avenida is a, a Latinx production company, and now they're going to be distributors, distributors, I guess, to um, stream on multiple platforms. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think they're going to launch sometime this year. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. And yeah, I just bought the license to the song that I had at the end credits that I was like, I didn't want to change. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, and um, yeah, so that's going to be out eventually. But okay. it's, it's not public yet. So as far as the actual physically being at the festival and mm-hmm. then the screenings and, and you go up to talk to... The Q&As? Yeah, like the Q&A mm-hmm. section. Because I'm, mostly I'm asking because I... I feel like I struggle with that aspect of it but uh, how do you how do you feel like do you enjoy the moment getting up on stage and talking about it or no <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I'm, I'm mostly I don't like a ton of attention you know I do like having my film being recognized and uh, I do think sometimes it's fun if like people ask really thoughtful questions or like ask questions that are specific to your film. I think that's fun. Um, but most of the time it's like you're there with six other people cause it's a short films, uh, block and you have to answer the same question and everybody has the same answer. So it's like not particularly fun. Um, but it can be, I think it can be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it's also practice. Like, you know, um like being here with you too like i get a little bit nervous but eventually like i will have future films that uh, maybe i will do a press circuit for someday and this will be a part of it and and practicing that skill set of public speaking i think is good it's good for us yeah yeah it is it is good for us it all it all it's all connected Mm -hmm. how you hold yourself in those and the q a should be consistent or like, because the whole goal of the festival too is like you said, you want to meet cool people. Yeah, yeah. We want to attract people. To, it's like, oh, those six people on the that talked through their shorts, mm-hmm. they all kind of had the same answer, but this one person stood out for some reason, mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. on maybe how she. I don't know. It, I don't know. I, I felt connected in some way. The authenticity was there, or the passion was there, and yeah, it was succinct. I don't know. Whatever people look for, I don't know what people look for. Um, who knows yeah um but anywho it it is the the overall experience of attending festivals where your project is screening i think is i enjoy it i do like festivals Mm -hmm. i do like going to them um and i do like it overall yeah Mm -hmm. i guess i'm thinking about myself here (laughs) but of course that's okay (laughs) i'm thinking about I am, because uh, I don't know, okay, in reference to like what we were talking about earlier with 
the ladder of the director mm -hmm. thing and learning how to attract the monies and the actors mm -hmm. and stuff. I feel like it's all in the presentation. Mm -hmm. And the Q&A aspect kind of plays into that. For me, it's like it's practice entertaining, essentially, is how I kind of see it. It's like I, I, I like the idea. I, I, I've always, I don't know. I've, yeah, I, it, it is... Um... Yeah, I mean, how you are perceived matters, unfortunately. You know, like, so, like, I feel like, sense. yeah, to attract named talent or to attract investors or people who want to um, bolster you up your, in your career, like, I do think there's, like, a little dance to that, too. Like, us um, presenting ourselves in a way that is, I guess, respectful or not respectful, but more like... I'm doing this thing. Look, it's cool. Like I'm, I'm like making stuff, and people are recognizing me. And I'm up on a Q and A, and I'm, you know, I'm working. I'm a director. <laughs> like, I'm honest to God. I'm, a, I'm a director. Like, you know, if I feel like social media and showcasing that we do things like that, I, I do think plays a part in how we, um, how we create those connections going forward. Yeah. I guess there's one thing I I <laughs> know that the way that I'm just analyzing myself again here. Sure. This is a little vent session for me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is I feel very let's just say I feel very confident as a, like I can like I know how to direct on set. I know yeah. I understand the operations. I know how to see things through and get things done. Blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. But then off of set, like I feel like. I, I have the tendency to undersell. Like I prefer to mm. un like almost undersell and over you know, under the classic term is like undersell and over deliver. Yeah. Um so I I guess I like the idea of more tapping into like confident and Eddie and just, just yeah show off that like show actually show the I don't well, know. Just like, so the, I mean there's a lot of people like you, uh and but just think about the people who are opposite. <laughs> who like maybe don't know a lot about filmmaking or telling a good story but can sell anything yep exactly. yeah like so you know bring that energy in that's that's what I try to tell myself you know I, before being a filmmaker I was uh, in luxury retail and I learned a lot you know about luxury or about people just in general because I worked on Melrose Place where there were people who would come in and buy like a gown for the Grammys or like they were going to the Oscars or whatever. So I met a lot of the people in the industry who were working as a writer, like on Gossip Girl or whatever. And um, you learn over time that they're just regular people. You know, they're not like any smarter than you. They're, they're just regular people. And, and then I also learned that people will buy anything, a $500 planner, a $500 scarf, $20,000 wedding dress you know like there's just there's a market for like yeah things and, yeah. and so I try to bring that energy now as I'm going into like this invest finding investor mode and then also reminding myself like I am a director like you know cre get to the creative like you know make sure that that's a focus in what I'm doing too and but it's hard it's like we have to do all of the things so <laughs> well said well said luxury yeah. retail yeah it was in luxury retail nice mm -hmm. i think that translates well 
Maybe. <laughs> I did, to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I did also study public relations in college. I didn't, I didn't go to school for film. Um, I learned film on my own after I found my passion. Um, but yeah, I think now that I'm a filmmaker, what I learned in communications and PR in college at Cal State Fullerton, what I learned as like in retail and in, um, and honestly, in the restaurant business, too, because I was a server, it's like, it all applies mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to what we're doing now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was thinking luxury retail specifically, because it seems like this a similar market when you're trying to find money. But I don't, Yeah, I mean, I guess not. not. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're just selling, pe- you're selling things that people want to buy. Yeah. I was telling, I was telling a friend the other day, because we we're talking about pitching to investors, and um and when I talk to investors now, I've been talking about multiple projects. And in my head, I'm like, I think, and I told my friend, I think it's kind of, I think it works in my favor because instead of saying, do you want to buy this shirt? Yes or no. It's like, do you want to buy this blue shirt or do you want to buy this pink shirt? And I think it helps a little bit. Doing a little <laughs> of, uh, of, uh, of assuming the sale as they, yeah, as they call like it. This, the blue shirt's for you. Like the pink one, maybe not, but the blue one is for Yeah, you. yeah. It's like, I know you're buying something. Yeah, we're buying something here. I know you you're... You want this shirt. Just which one? Just pick. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, a, that's a tactic. Yeah. And I knew it very well. So I feel like, I think I'll be okay. But it's a matter of time. Yeah. yeah. Time will tell. I don't like when people assume the sale with me. Like I, I catch it right <laughs> away. I'm like, I didn't say I was buying this, and now because you said that, I'm I'm leaving. <laughs> but sometimes, so like same, like the same. If I feel like I'm like they're pulling one over, but but sometimes when I feel like buying something, <laughs> like maybe I want what they're selling, that I'll let it happen. <laughs> and I think that's what happens too in, in yeah, luxury yeah, retail. Yeah, it's a little little dance. Yeah, they all know you're selling. They're selling. You're selling up, you know? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we're pretty much at time. Anyway, yeah, we talked about buying shirts. That's great. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I will, I will, let's close this off with just clarifying um, where people can mm. follow, keep in the know, hear about all things Sylvia Ray. Oh my gosh. Um, if you're interested, my Instagram handle is Sylvia Lynn, S Y L B as in boy. I-A-L-I-N, because that's the way my mom says my name. <laughs> nice. Um, and then my website, Sylvia Ray Directs, and that's with the V, Sylvia, S-Y-L-V-I-A. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, cut yourself off. But all yeah. right, sweet. Well, uh, thanks for hosting me in your lovely space. Sure, thanks for talking to me. Of course, yeah. of course. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the show, everybody. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.